streets. Well, it's great to be a part of the, a church where people love each other, isn't it? And greeting time could go on and on. That's, that's always a, a great thing to see. Um, a couple of announcements to share with you this morning as, as we begin our service. Uh, again, the White Church is out this week to help with the medical expenses for Denise Headings-Nolt. Um, youth group tonight, 5 o'clock. Prayer meeting, 5.30. Next week is going to be Communion Sunday. So next week is Communion Sunday, July 2nd. VBS... Is July 17th to the 21st. There are still, we still need some volunteers to help with VBS. There is uh, forms out in the foyer that will kind of show you what we need. Or you can talk to Sarah English and she will be able to uh, tell you kind of what is needed as well and what those roles might look like. Um, if that's something you're interested in, you can either see me or see Sarah. I'm not sure if Sarah's here this morning. She's not here this morning. Okay. She's playing piano. Okay, so <laughs> thank you. Um, so Sarah's not here. She's playing piano. Um, if, uh, but if you need to see someone about VBS, you can come and talk to me, and we can, we can look at the sheets and, and see what that looks like. Um, again, let's, let's open our service in prayer this morning. Gracious God, we're so thankful for the chance that we had to lift up your name this morning. For there is no God but the one true God. And we are so thankful that we serve the one true God. Lord, we ask this morning that you would move in this place, speak truth into our hearts and our souls. Father, give Pastor Bob the words that you want him to speak. Lord, we ask again that you would move in this place today. In Jesus' name. I would ask for you to uh, refer to your prayer sheet in the bulletin this morning, and let me give to you a few of the uh, updates, and then a couple new things that uh, we just discovered uh, just very recently. Um, before I look at the sheet, keep it there in front of you, I have a note from uh, CEF. Uh, if you recall, uh, Brooke Morrison needed a roof on his home, and we were able to help uh, with that financially. Dear brothers and sisters at Word of Life, words cannot express adequately how grateful and how grateful to you uh, for the generous gift you gave us toward a new roof for our home. We are thankful, so thankful, for God's constant provision for our needs, and we thank you for being a great part of that provision through this gift in Christ's love, Brooke, Jeanette, Morrison, and family. Um, so it was good to be able to help them. Uh, they now have a new roof on their home. Um, continue to pray for Elsie. Uh, I had rotator cuff surgery. Uh, do pray for a speedy recovery. Um, she is seeing some improvement. Joyce Huffman, and she's at home going through therapy, still uh, remains dizzy. Uh, she walks, and she also has some pain in her legs as well. So keep Joyce Huffman in your prayers. As Pastor Tony said, keep Denise in your prayers as well. And um, Emma Rose, her procedure went well. I know we were praying for that, and uh, things went well uh, this past week. Now, a couple of things. I just learned just moments ago that Ken Cownan last night had uh, a kidney stone that passed. Um, he's, I don't know how, what number he is uh, with all of those, but um, apparently it passed. I don't know if he continues to remain in the hospital uh, now but he was in overnight. And then uh, Dave Booker uh, texted me this morning about 8.30 and said that Kim was taken to the Hershey Medical Center this morning um, with some pain uh, near her left rib area. Now, I don't know any more than that. Abby, I'm looking at you. You don't know any more either? Okay. Nothing found at this point, still running tests, so uh, please pray for Kim. Um, I think that's all. The rest we've mentioned before. Uh, continue to pray, of course, for all of these on our list. So, Father, as we come once again before the throne of grace, we thank you that you, Lord, are a great God, a God who provides for his people, a God who loves us, a God who cares for us. And so, Lord, as we come before you, we we do not hesitate to cast our care upon you because we know how much you love for us. 
Uh, Father, we thank you for the time you've given us this morning, uh, the time in which we as a church can meet together. Uh, Lord, it's good to be able to fellowship, even though it's brief during the greeting time. It's good, Lord, to be able to come and pray together, to be able to study together, to be able to um, be with one another. Uh, Father, we do feel uh, the love that uh, you have provided for each of us toward each other, and for that we're grateful. Father, we thank you, too, for your love, the love that you have shown us so clearly on Calvary's Hill. Father, to think that your Son should lay down his life for us, even while we were yet sinners. For that, Lord, we're grateful, because, Lord, we certainly do not deserve your grace or your mercy or your love. Father, the Bible says that uh, we have sinned against you and we deserve condemnation. We, we deserve eternal punishment. But Father, you in your great love, you sent Jesus to rescue us from our sins and help us, Lord, to, um, to, to, to give an eternal life. And so, Father, for that we thank you. Uh, again, I pray that if there's one this morning who has never put their faith in you, that or this might be that day when they trust Jesus to become their own Savior. Father, we do think of these folks who, Father, we have mentioned, we're thankful again that you have provided for the Morrisons, that they now have this roof, and um, we're thankful, Lord, that so many people and churches have responded and that they now can feel um, uh, safe there, um, especially a week like this, Lord, with all the rains that we've had. We're thankful that uh, they can stay dry. Father, we think of Kim this morning. We pray that as they continue to run tests that, uh, Father, they would be able to pinpoint and be able to come up with the reason why she's having uh, this pain in her left side. Uh, we thank you for Ken last night. We thank you that he was able to pass this kidney stone. We pray that he can come home uh, today and uh, strengthen him, we do pray. For Elsie and her recovery with uh, her shoulder, uh, we pray that she would uh, work hard in therapy and that she would have a speedy recovery. We pray for Joyce, Lord. Don't allow her to fall. Uh, Father, we know she gets dizzy. We know now the pain in her legs, and we just pray that you would put, a, 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 put your protective, protective arms around her. Uh, I pray, we pray for Denise, Lord. Um, thank you that she can be with um, Karen's family uh, this weekend. We pray for her husband as he's away and taking men on this um, hiking trip. Uh, but we do commit her to you, Lord, as we have been. And just ask, Lord, that you would um, just help her to know how much you love her. And so we cast, Lord, this burden upon you. We thank you for the good report with Emma Rose now this past week. Father, we know all the things she's been through, and it's just good to have a, a week in which the procedure went well. Uh, I'm sure that's a great relief to uh, Joe and Jen and Bill and Rose and others involved. So, Father, for that, we thank you. That's certainly a praise item. Father, for others on this list, we can't mention all. Uh, Lord, the list is too long, but we commit them to you. And we do ask, Lord, that you might touch each one uh, in your own special way. Uh, Father, I pray for healing. I pray for comfort. I pray for peace. I pray, Lord, that your grace might be sufficient, however that touch looks. But touch people, I pray, in our church. And may they feel your touch and your love. Father, again, we thank you for the time you've given us this day. This is a special day. Uh, Father, we've come to see Jesus. So remove the distractions, Lord. We know we all come with baggage. We all come with different, differing uh, distractions on our minds. But help us, Lord, to be able to focus. Help us, Lord, to be able to understand and hear your word. Help us to hear, Lord, what we need to hear in order that we might be changed. Father, it's not just enough to hear. Father, we need to be doers also of your word. 
So help us to be able to apply your word in a very special way. You're great and you're wonderful and you're an awesome God. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Leonard's going to come and lead us in hymn number 11. A mighty fortress is our God. Hymn number 11. A mighty fortress is our God, a bulwark never failing. Our helper be amid the flood of mortal ills prevailing. For still our ancient stand with me. I was supposed to do that in the beginning, and then, and then uh, those in junior church can be dismissed. Did I have a question to ask. Okay, we'll leave that go for now. Okay. I have a question I want to ask you this morning. The question is this. Do you really believe that nothing is impossible with God? Do you really believe that? I, I think we would all say we believe that. But I wonder sometimes if we really believe that. <laughs> you know, we used to sing a little chorus uh, years ago, and I'd like for us to sing it this morning. Um, I know the numbers are light, and it's awfully hard sometimes to sing especially maybe one like this that not everyone knows. But uh, we used to sing a, a chorus entitled, Ah, Lord God. Ah, 
Lord God. It's based on uh, scripture in Jeremiah chapter 32 and verse 17. Uh, bring that up on the, uh, well, it's a video. Actually, it's a video. Uh, so let, let's stand again. I think it's a little better when we stand. And um, I know you just sat down. I know you just sat down. But uh, you sing along with this video, and I think you'll, uh, I think you'll enjoy this song. It, it has something to do with what I just said, that nothing is impossible with God. We need to believe that. We really do. So let's sing this together. seated for a little while, longer than a little while. You know, we all face problems, do we not? We all face problems and we all face difficulties. And many of these are problems that we can't solve. We just can't handle ourselves. The customer I must sell, the exam I must take, the debt I must pay, the in-laws I must endure, the habit I must break the relationship I must heal, the boss I must tolerate. We all have our troubles. We all have our difficulties that oftentimes that we just can't seem to handle. Challenges that can't be overcome. Barriers that we cannot break. Obstacles that we cannot pass through. The nation of Israel is now standing at the edge of a swollen river. The nation of Israel has been wandering in the desert now for 40 years because of disobedience, because of sin. And now they're standing on the edge, the edge of the river that will lead them into the promised land. It's the river of impossibility. Got any rivers you think are uncrossable? Got any mountains you cannot tunnel through? God specializes in things thought impossible. And he can do what no other power can do. Moses is now dead. Uh, God now looks to Joshua to take these people across the Jordan River to lead them into the promised land. Forty long years it's been since they left slavery in Egypt. And now the time has come. Now it's time to cross that river. There had to be excitement in the air. But there was anxiety because as they look out onto this Jordan River, we're going to learn that it's that flood stage. There had to be anxiety 
wondering how in the world will we ever get across this river? How will we ford an uncrossable body of water? Look with me at Joshua chapter 3. And let's read the story of crossing the Jordan River. In Joshua chapter 3 and verse 1, we read this. Early in the morning, Joshua and all the Israelites, they set out from Shittim and they went to the Jordan, where they camped before crossing over. After three days, the officers went through the camp, giving orders to the people. When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the Levitical priests carrying it, you are to move out from your positions and follow it. Then you will know which way to go, since you have never been this way before. But keep a distance of about 2,000 cubits between you and the ark, and do not go near it. Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. Joshua said to the priests, take the ark of the covenant and pass on ahead of the people. So they took it up and they went ahead of them. What we find in these opening verses, these six verses, are the preparations that are needed for the crossing. What are the preparations needed for the Israelites to be able to cross over and through the Jordan River? If you notice the words that I read, a couple of times we read of the Ark of the Covenant. And as we read down through this chapter, we're going to read several more times of the importance, the prominence of the Ark of the Covenant. This Ark was a piece of furniture that was kept in the tabernacle. And way back in this most holy, sacred little room, the Holy of Holies, was kept this Ark. Now, I'm, I was assuming that you're seeing that on the screen behind me. I see a blank screen down here, and that's okay. Um, I was just hoping that you would be able to see. This is the ark. It was a box, right? It was a piece of furniture. And this piece of furniture was kept in this tabernacle later to become the temple. Here comes our fix-it man. <laughs> That's really okay, John. There's only one place where I, wanted, I need to look down and, and, uh, and see it. Um, now we're going to just have to stop because nobody's listening to me at all. <laughs> oh, and I see Samsung. Something just came up. Ah, uh, oh, there's the box. All right, that makes me feel a little better. That makes me feel a little bit better. So here is this ark now. And this ark was kept in the Holy of Holies. It was the most sacred part of the tabernacle. And this ark, it represented and signified, listen, the very presence of God. The presence of Almighty God. The ark was the equivalent of Emmanuel, God with us. When they looked at the ark, they felt the presence of God. This is where God dwelt among the people. For 40 years, they had the ark. For 40 years, they carried this ark from place to place. But it never had the importance in the people's minds during those 40 years. It lost its importance because of sin and disobedience. But now what we read here is that the ark is to go before them. The ark is to be in front of them. The ark is now to have that place of importance. And as the priests would move, the people would follow. Now picture the scene. All of Israel now is encamped along the sloping hill of the Jordan River. The ark is to be positioned a thousand yards away from the people. Everyone in the nation then would be able to see it. The priests would bear it up on rods on their shoulders, 
and they would stride toward the white water of the Jordan River. And everyone would understand the point that God intended for Israel to breach the Jordan with him. But it could only be done if they focused on and followed this ark. When they were in the wilderness, the, the ark lost its importance. And now God is telling them, put me first. Put me before you and follow me. What do you do when you're facing the impossible? Oftentimes we do what Peter did in the gospel. You remember the apostle Peter and uh, he sees Jesus and he starts to walk on water? And all of a sudden he, he looks around him at the raging sea and he begins to sink. And he remembers people, they just don't walk on water. Until he focuses once again on Jesus. And then he continues. We oftentimes, we, we look around us at the raging sea. We look at the difficulties of the circumstance. And yet the Bible says we're to turn our eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And then all the things of earth become strangely dim in the light and the glory of his face. The Israelites were to focus on the ark. They were to look at God as they cross the raging waters. So their first preparation was put God in his proper position. Put God in his proper position. Make sure God is first. He's out there. But we also read at verse 5 that the people were instructed to consecrate themselves. For tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. To consecrate, which means to get right with God. To confess sin, to repent of all those things that you're doing wrong. If we're going to cross impassable rivers, we need to deal with the sin in our own lives. One of the reasons that Israel was not permitted to enter the promised land was because of sin. Get right with God. In Isaiah chapter 59, we read these words. Indeed, the Lord's hand is not too short to save, and his ear is not too deaf to hear. But your iniquities have built barriers between you and your God, and your sins have made him hide his face from you so that he does not listen. Sin creates barriers. Sin creates separation between God and his people. God, the Bible says, is a holy God. A God who, who does not tolerate sin. Who has to deal with sin. And that's what he did with Israel for 40 long years. He was dealing with sin and disobedience. But now they're at the edge of the Jordan River. And to experience his power. To experience his protection, to experience God's deliverance. They need to get right with God. They need to confess their sins before God. And now on the very eve of one of the greatest days in all of Israel's history, they are commanded to do that. Consecrate yourselves. Before we move any further, consecrate yourselves. Get right with God. Examine your lives. Forsake your sin and devote yourselves wholly, wholly to the Lord. There's preparation before you pass and cross over impossible rivers. God's got to be first, and we need to forsake sin. That's when God's ready to work. Make God first. And confess sin. 
That's when God is going to take them across this river. Let's keep reading. Look at verse 7. And the Lord said to Joshua, Today I will begin to exalt you in the eyes of all Israel, so they may know that I am with you as I was with Moses. Tell the priests who carry the Ark of the Covenant, when you reach the edge of the Jordan's water, go and stand in the river. Joshua said to the Israelites, Come here and listen to the words of the Lord your God. This is how you will know that the living God is among you and that he will certainly drive out before you the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Hivites, the Parasites, the Gergesites, the Amorites, the Jebusites. See, the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord of all the earth will go into the Jordan ahead of you. Now then, choose 12 men from the tribes of Israel, one from each tribe. And as soon as the priests who carry the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, set foot in the Jordan, its waters flowing downstream will be cut off and stand up in a heap. Secondly, point number two, the promise of passage through the Jordan. The promise of passage through the Jordan River. The focus here in verse 9 are the words of the Lord your God. That this is what God has said. This is how it's going to work. This is His plan. Listen to the words of God. Faith comes by hearing. This is how you will know, verse 10, that I am among you. This is how you will know that I, that my presence is here. You know, on almost every page of this book, we have those words, I will be with you. I will be with you. I will be with you. God's plan is this. The priests, they're to take this ark, four of them, on the corners of the ark. They're to hold these rods, these poles, upon their shoulder. And they are to walk toward the river and step into the water. And there they are to stand. And when their feet touch the water, the Bible says that the water will stop. Now we're going to learn in the next portion of this chapter that the river is at flood stage. And that where the water stops is going to be 16 miles north of where the priests are standing in the water. Flood stage. 16 miles north. Now the Susquehanna River is a great visual. The flood stage of the Susquehanna is 17 feet. The Susquehanna River here is about a mile wide. Imagine the Susquehanna at flood stage. The priests are instructed to go and stand in that water. Well, they don't have to go very far. Maybe it's, I don't know, ankle deep, maybe knee deep, maybe waist deep. But you can't go too far until that current, <laughs> you know, that current's going to sweep you away. But those are the instructions. And then, 16 miles north, the water is going to stop. Not right here, where the priests are standing, but 16 miles north in a place called Adam. The water is going to begin to pile up in a heap. But all of that water, 16 miles north to where the priests are standing, has to flow past the priests, before they can walk across on dry ground. You know, I can only imagine the conversation of these men, these four priests, as they're standing. Joshua told us to go stand in the water. Joshua said the water is going to stop and we're going to cross over. Joshua told us, and we believe it, but 
we don't see anything happening. I don't know how long it's, it, it took for all of that water 16 miles north to pass by them. But I can only imagine the conversation between these men. We believe, oh, help our unbelief. <laughs> they might begin to see the water receding. They're holding the ark, right? We're holding the very presence of God. We're looking to God. We just don't see right now anything taking place. We're going to be strong. We're going to be courageous. We're going to continue to believe. What a test of the faith of these four priests. But we're instructed to live by what? Faith and not by sight. Peter had that problem, didn't he, when he looked around at the raging waters? The priests, don't look around. Don't look at the water. You're holding the ark. Look at the ark. Fix your eyes upon God himself. That's what strengthens faith. Faith is strengthened when we turn our eyes upon Jesus. Back in the book of Joshua in chapter 21, I read these verses before. It says, not one of all the Lord's good promises... Not one of all the Lord's good promises to the house of Israel failed. Every one was fulfilled. The promise will be fulfilled. God said, this is what's going to happen. This is my plan. But you have to do it my way. You have to do it my way. Go stand in the river. And when your feet touch the water, now the water stops. It begins to pile up in a heap. And eventually... They were able to walk across on dry ground. But there was that little bit of delay as they're standing in the water, as they're standing in the current, is pushing against their legs. But they had the presence of God even among the raging waters. We look around us oftentimes and we see the raging waters, the circumstance but we always have the presence of God. It's not today in the ark. It's not today in the ark. You have in you the very presence of God always. The Bible says, I will never, ever leave you, and I will never, ever forsake you. We always have the presence of God in, in whatever circumstances we find ourselves. God's presence is always, always with us. Let's continue to read our story. Verse 14. So when the people broke camp to cross the Jordan, the priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant, they went ahead of them. Now the Jordan is at flood stage all during the harvest. Yet as soon as the priests who carried the Ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, the water from upstream stopped flowing. It piled up in a heap a great distance, a great distance away at a town called Adam, 16 miles away in the vicinity of Zarethan, while the water flowing down to the Sea of Arabah, that is the Dead Sea, was completely cut off so the people crossed over opposite Jericho. The priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stopped in the middle of the Jordan. They stood on dry ground while all Israel passed by until the whole nation had complete, completed the crossing on dry ground. The third point is this. The passage is by the power of God. Finally, all of that water had passed by the priests. The river now is dry. The ground is dry. The priests begin to move. And as they move, the people follow. I don't see this as single file. We're looking at a million people. Uh, probably the multitudes. But they were all behind the ark at a distance of a thousand yards. Once the priests get to the middle of the river, they stop. And all the people now pass by on dry ground. And they enter into the promised land. The land that is flowing with milk and honey. Got any rivers you think are uncrossable? 
Got any mountains you cannot tunnel through? God specializes in things thought impossible. And he can do what no other power can do. It was God who took them across that river. Only God was able to perform that great miracle of crossing the Jordan River. We in our lives, we have our own personal Jordans. We all do. We all have our own personal Jordan rivers. That might be something in a family. It might be finances, friendships, fear of the future, health issues. And we feel oftentimes these are so permanent, so powerful. We don't even try to make it across. Someone said God can turn no way into a highway. The great question, I believe, that, that loomed over the Israelites is the same question that looms over us. Will we live by faith or will we live by sight? Will we live by faith or will we live by faith? By sight, do we really believe that nothing is impossible with God? Do we really believe that God is able to handle what we think impossible? Do we really believe that? There was another chorus that we sang years ago, God will make a way where there seems to be no way. He works in ways we cannot see. He will make a way for me. I'm going to ask you to stand with me, if you would, please. And I want for us, as we close this morning, to read a portion of Scripture from Isaiah chapter 43. In Isaiah chapter 43... Isaiah writes these words, and I think these are good words for us to close with. And then we'll sing a hymn, and we'll be dismissed. But let's start at verse 1 of Isaiah 43, and we're going to read down and read just a, uh, the first part of verse 3. Let's read together. But now this is what the Lord says, He who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Father, as we pause before you, we believe that you are the all-powerful and almighty God. We believe the stories in the Old Testament that show us your power, your strength, your ability to allow people to cross uncrossable rivers. Lord, we all go through difficulties and troubles. We all have our own personal Jordans that we're facing right now. Father, help us to live by faith and not by sight. Help us to trust you in all things. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I'd like to close by singing hymn number 37. Great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. There is no shadow of turning with thee. Thou changest not thy compassions. They fail not. As thou hast been, thou forever wilt be.
great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness, God my Father. There is no shadow of turning with thee. Thou changest not thy compassions, they fail not. As thou hast, thou forever wilt be. Great is thy faithfulness, great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I did thy hand hath provided. Great is faithfulness, Lord, unto me. Summer and winter and springtime and harvest, sun, moon, and stars, courses above, join with all nature in <coughs> to thy great faithfulness, mercy, and love. Great is thy faithfulness, great is thy <coughs> by morning, new mercy. thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, pardon for sin and a peace that in strength for today and bright hope tomorrow. Sings all mine with ten thousand beside. Great is thy faithfulness, great is thy faithfulness. <coughs> all I have needed, thy hand hath provided. Great is thy Lord, unto me. We thank you, Father, that you are just that. You are a faithful and wonderful God. So help us, Lord, to live by faith, knowing, Lord, that you are a great and sovereign and almighty God. We thank you for that. We thank you for who you are. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.